It's Friday, April the 9th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Russian glowering over Ukraine and riots in Northern Ireland. First, the world in brief. The Pentagon said it was considering sending battleships to the Black Sea in response to Russian troops massing on the border with Ukraine. Yesterday, Dmitry Kozak, an official close to Vladimir Putin, said Russia's forces would intervene if Ukraine's army were to step up attacks on Russian-backed separatists in the east of the country, which would presage, quote, the beginning of the end of Ukraine. There was a seventh consecutive night of rioting in Northern Ireland, capping a week of violence that authorities deemed the worst in, quote, a number of years. Police officers trained water cannon on petrol bomb and firework throwing gangs. Paramilitary groups, both nationalist and loyalist, are believed to be stoking the trouble. Emmanuel Macron, France's president, will close a top college for civil servants that was criticised as a fast track for elites to get high-ranking jobs. The École Nationale d'Administration, which Mr Macron himself attended, admits fewer than 100 students a year. Mr Macron first suggested closing the college in 2019, in the wake of the populist Gilets jaunes protests against his leadership. The Biden administration announced actions aimed at curbing American gun violence. It will require background checks for buyers of, quote, ghost guns, homemade weapons without serial numbers, publish model legislation that would allow police to confiscate guns from people in mental health crises, and produce an annual gun trafficking report. Joe Biden also called on Congress to pass actual legislation, which is unlikely to happen. Benjamin Netanyahu, Israel's Prime Minister, said his country would not cooperate with the International Criminal Court's investigation into possible war crimes in the Palestinian territories. In February, the court ruled that it had authority in Gaza and the West Bank, even though Palestine's statehood is disputed. Mr Netanyahu said Israel did not recognise this authority and could investigate matters in Palestine itself. Australia will scrap a rule which exempted judges and politicians from sexual harassment laws. A wave of allegations by female lawmakers and their staff prompted widespread protests by women last month. Employers will now also be compelled to take steps to prevent gender discrimination and complainants will have longer to register their claims. And Bank of America said it would earmark one trillion US dollars for environmental business by 2030, building on the 300 billion US dollars already promised for green projects. The money will go towards lending to, raising capital for, advising and investing in sustainable businesses. In February, the bank said it would aim for net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. And now, here's today's agenda. Not over him, Republican donors and Donald Trump. 
The Republican National Committee hosts an annual retreat for its top donors in Palm Beach, Florida this weekend. The meeting lets politicians rub shoulders with mega-donors, fostering strategic collaboration for future campaigns. Several leading contenders for the party's presidential nomination in 2024 will be in attendance, including Ron DeSantis, Florida's governor, who polls near the top of the field, as well as Donald Trump, the clear frontrunner. A portion of the event will take place at Mr. Trump's resort, the Mar-a-Lago Club, where he has been living since leaving the White House. The RNC wants to keep in the former president's good graces. Mr. Trump is an unparalleled fundraiser for the party. He even announced a new super PAC in February, so he can spend millions campaigning against Republicans who oppose him. Given Mr. Trump's durable poll numbers and the RNC's embrace, he will continue to shape the party's future. Sorting signal from noise. Vaccine side effects. On Wednesday, medical regulators in Britain and the European Union said there was evidence that the Oxford-AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine may be linked to very rare blood clots. Both say the jab's benefits outweigh its risks, but in Britain, under-30s will be offered an alternative. As more people are inoculated, rare side effects will inevitably be detected. The European Medicines Agency says that in the EU, Blood clots in the brain were reported in one person per 100,000 under-60s who received the AstraZeneca shot. The normal incidence of such clots is harder to judge. Estimates range from 0.22 to 1.57 per 100,000. Unusually, many patients with suspected clots from the vaccine also had low levels of platelets. That combination is sometimes seen in patients given heparin, a drug used to treat blood clots. Hence, something doctors already can diagnose and treat. So, deaths from this rare side effect might become rarer still. Rules of Succession Singapore's Next Prime Minister Singaporean politics received a jolt yesterday when Heng Sui Keat, the heir apparent to the Prime Minister, Lee Sien Lung, announced that he would not take the top job after all. Succession in Singapore is normally planned years in advance by the grandees of the People's Action Party, which led the country to independence in 1965 and has governed ever since. But they failed to foresee that Mr Heng, an accomplished technocrat, lacked the skills of a retail politician, though he says he is resigning because he will be too old for the job once he gets it. In the most recent election, he won his constituency by just 53%, a humiliating scrape. The favourite to replace him is Chan Chun Singh, the pugnacious trade minister, who at 51 is a whippersnapper. While the PAP debates the succession, Mr Lee has manfully agreed to stay in power for as long as it takes to find a replacement. Votes of discontent. Elections in the Andes. Voters will turn out on Sunday for a general election in Peru 
and a presidential runoff in Ecuador, but without much enthusiasm. Both countries have been badly hit by the pandemic and its economic slump. Both also suffered prior discontents, with protests in Ecuador in 2019 and widespread disaffection with the political process in Peru. In Peru, no candidate has more than 10% in the opinion polls. Though half a dozen have a chance of making the inevitable runoff on June the 6th, three seem best placed. Yoni Lescano, a populist of the centre-left, Hernando de Soto, an economist known for his work on the informal sector, and Keiko Fujimori, the conservative daughter of an autocratic former president. Meanwhile, in Ecuador, Andres Arauz, the nominee of Rafael Correa, a leftist populist former president, has a small and narrowing lead over Guillermo Lasso, a conservative former banker. In both countries, winning will be easier than governing. Mining for Morals Rio Tinto Shareholder Meeting Today, shareholders in Rio Tinto, an Anglo-Australian mining giant, will force votes on measures designed to improve its environmental and social governance, ESG. The company is under pressure after it destroyed a 46,000-year-old Aboriginal cave system in Western Australia last year, which cost Jean-Sebastien Jacques, the boss, his job. The proposed initiatives, which among other things make Rio Tinto's emissions targets more transparent, will almost certainly pass. The company's management supports them too. Last month, Rio Tinto also announced reforms to its management of, quote, heritage sites. But friction persists. Shareholder advisory services have recommended that investors vote against planned payouts to the departed Mr. Jacks. An Aboriginal corporation whose lands are mined by Rio Tinto has criticised the company's plans to preserve their heritage. Wall Street, too, thinks the firm could do better. Rio Tinto badly lags behind other mining companies on an ESG scorecard prepared by Morgan Stanley, a bank. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Francis Bacon, who died on this day in 1626. Hope is a good breakfast, but it is a bad supper. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download the Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.